It's Friday, December 1st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the winter meetings for baseball are uh, days away in Nashville. Uh, you're heading down uh, to Music City to, to take part in uh, the annual tradition of waiting around in the hotel lobby for somebody to break some sort of news about a trade or something. Uh, talk to uh, talk to some uh, managers and, and team officials, but uh, the winter meeting is always uh, an exciting time uh, for baseball as we sort of get to see not just what each team is going to look like, but what the league is going to look like and how it's going to change uh, from year to year. Yeah, it's always it's always an exciting time, Joe. It's kind of you know lost some of its luster over the years uh, because uh, you know. Th- th- you know, you, it used to be a gathering point for all the teams, you know, and, and deals used to get done and free agent signings used to get done. Now, you know, the, the you know, the a GM really doesn't have to leave his, uh, his office in his city, you know, texts and, and phone calls and, and FaceTime. And, you know, you can get everything done without gathering in one place, but it's still a cool thing. Everybody turns out the agents, you know, Scott Boros makes his annual, uh, you know, <laughs> his state of the game, state of the state of Scott Boros and uh, telling everyone how great his clients are. And uh, he, he usually comes in and controls the lobby for, you know, a couple hours in, in the middle of the meetings. So you, you get to see, you know, a lot of old friends, a lot of people, and you get to hear a lot of gossip. Well, uh, come on now, Hoinsey. Uh, try not to sound like too much of a boomer here and, 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 and lamenting the uh, the state of the way that things are. The reason that the reason that things have devolved the way they have is the Internet, right? It, it's Twitter. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the back then, the the deals and the the trades and the signings and all that, you know, got broken there in the lobby and at this meeting. But but now with, uh, you know, with the way things are connected online and and the the different social media apps that you know are are outlets for the the agents and the players and the teams and all that uh, you know it, it's you almost don't even need these meetings to to take place in person and we saw that during covid we saw that during the uh the pandemic that you know they they really didn't need to have them sort of in person to to still have the the business of baseball get done it's just a nice uh you know tradition a nice break uh, right before the holidays or right between the holidays, uh, for, for everybody who, to get back together after a couple of months of, of not having baseball in their lives and, uh, and, and, you know, just sort of have a tangible, uh, outlet for it and, and be around each other. That's, uh, that's really what you're getting together for, right? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I, Joe, Ed, you, you brought up a good point. I remember one winter meetings, I don't know where we were, uh, but, uh, I have not gotten on the internet yet. And the guy sitting next to me, Larry LaRue from Seattle goes, what are you doing? You got to get on AOL. You got to get on this thing. You're the, the world. Yeah. The world is passing you by. And, and I, so I, I got it at another one. We were in, uh, we were in, uh, oh God, Indianapolis for the winter meetings. I'm and Anthony Kastrovich is, is, uh, is covering for MLB. And we're talking to Manny Acta, Acta, and uh, you know he Manny tells us uh, Carlos Santana broke his hamate bone in playing winter ball, you know, and uh, I'm getting ready to run back to the press room and write it. Anthony whips out his BlackBerry and just you know kind of types a few words in there and and kicks my butt on it, and I'm sitting there thinking. 
this is not good. I this <laughs> the world is changing. I I have got a and I'm on the caboose, you know, hanging onto the caboose with my teeth here. Well, uh, you've you've caught up uh, and, and then some uh, since then. Uh, you you certainly have evolved, uh, and, and maybe the winter meetings has been part of that. Uh, so uh, great to see, and and we'll get into more depth here uh, later on in this podcast. Uh, talking about uh, Cleveland and the Guardians and the Indians and and their history uh, at the winter meetings, some of the you know the the stuff that they've done in the past and and just looking forward to this uh, this year's uh, meetings. A uh, couple of news and, uh, and and tidbits to clean up here uh, from the past couple of days. Uh, the Guardians did uh, actually make a signing. Uh, there was a a pitcher that that, that has joined the club uh, on a minor league deal, Jaime Berea. From uh, the Angels, uh, you know, five years with the Angels, uh, he was released and he is uh, elected minor league free agency and has chosen to sign a minor league deal with the Guardians. Uh, this is a guy who's got more than 330 major league innings, uh, some uh, as a starter, some as a reliever, uh, sort of versatile in that way. Uh, not exactly uh, the 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 shining, glittering kind of numbers that you would hope uh, uh, you know a, to, a free agent signing would would bring with you, especially against Cleveland. I think he's only uh, in, he's he's got actually really awful numbers against Cleveland uh, in his career. He is 0-2 in four starts uh, with in 14 innings. He's given up uh, four home runs, 13 strikeouts. But overall, this is a, a, a veteran arm, a, a depth guy that they can, you know, maybe plug in at, at AAA and, and sort of store him there and stash him there to, uh, you know, provide depth and backup in at, for, at the major league level. Yeah, Joe, I think this is the kind of guy, you know, remember when they signed Aniel De Los Santos, you know, kind of mm-hmm. same kind of, you know, same kind of scenario, minor league deal, you know, not a great track record. He'd been bounced around a little bit in the big leagues, but, you know, look what De Los Santos did. You know, he turned around, stabilized that bullpen, gave him two years, two solid years, and then they were able to trade him and uh, got a pretty good piece back in Scott Barlow. I think they're looking to do that, but but with, uh, you know, with uh, Berea, I think they're looking maybe uh, as, as you know, the uh, De Los Santos, uh, you know, correlation with uh, as a starter. You know, I think mm-hmm. they're looking for depth, their depth uh, in the rotation. This is a guy, kind of guy that that could help them in, in case, you know, they run into the, the kind of injuries they did last season. And uh, because, you know, you look at that staff, Joe, question marks with uh, Bieber, question marks with McKenzie. You got three young guys backing those guys up in Gavin Williams, uh, uh, Allen and, and Bybee. And, you know, a couple, you know, who's behind them, uh, Curry, uh, Gaddis. So I think you need kind of an experienced guy and, and maybe this guy can uh, fill that role. Yeah, I, I would expect maybe to see one or maybe two more of these kind of signings uh, in, in terms of bringing in, in uh, one or two more guys like this just to, to sort of fill out the roster in spring training, see if you can, uh, you know, have that sort of, uh, you know, depth build on that at, at AAA because uh, you, you're right uh, with not knowing McKenzie and, and, and Beavers, you know, physical status, what, you know, how, how durable they're going to be this year. Uh, it, it, it could be uh, another situation. You don't want to definitely be 
be bouncing around back and forth, you know, with uh, calling uh, Hunter Gaddis up four or five times in a in a stretch during the the season. It's it's going to be, uh, you know, you you want somebody to be able to plug into one of those roles if there's an emergency and you have a need. Uh, and and certainly Berea uh, could could be that guy. Uh, you know, he was he was really good in his rookie season. Uh, it, I believe back in 2018, 3.41 ERA. In, in 26 starts, I mean, this is uh, he just hasn't, you know, recaptured that sort of success uh, in the years since then. So uh, we'll, we'll see if he can he can turn things around as, uh, you know, under the, the Guardians guidance. So you get him in that pitching factory, see if he can he can turn things around. Yeah, great point. Great point, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, have the have the uh, Guardians minor league pitching guys kind of get their hands on him. Uh, see what he looks like in spring training. If, you know, if he doesn't make the club, I guess he's out of options. So you, mm-hmm. I guess you, you'd have to make, you know, you'd have to make a rent, you know, you have to pass waivers. You'd have to make a deal with him. You know, if you, if you go down, we'll bring you up in, at a certain amount of time, in a certain amount of time, that kind of thing, but it can be done and it's been done before. And, you know, this is just the kind of guy they're looking for. Yeah, it's uh, exactly. He's motivated to to want to pitch, uh, you know, well to 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 make himself a viable option uh, for the major league level. And as we've seen over the last several seasons, uh, the need is going to be there at some point, no matter what your your starting rotation looks like, rolling into the beginning of the season. All right. Also, uh, we talked. Uh, you talked uh, too, and you talked about uh, in, in a post that you put up, uh, Mike Sarbaugh. Uh, the Guardians, uh, longtime, uh, you know, member of the organization, uh, had been the the team's third base coach uh, and, and been with the Major League Club the last uh, 11 seasons under under Terry Francona. Uh, but the the club decided to part ways with Sarby, uh, you know, a face that had been around for 34 years uh, in in the in the organization. Uh, he is now uh, signed on with the Mets. Uh, what more do you know about uh, Sarby joining uh, New York staff under under Carlos Mendoza? Yeah, just great news for uh, Mike Sarbaugh. You, uh, Mike, uh, you know Joe, you you know Sarby, and so do I. I mean, great guy. He knows what he's doing out there, and uh, just you know, I I was really uh, you know sad when they when they uh, when they fired him, and uh, it was it was, and I'm sure you know uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff that had to be one of their you know toughest calls. That's that's that you know this guy's he was he's been here longer than than, than Chernoff and uh, and uh, you know Antonetti. So uh, but uh, you know I'm glad he landed on his feet. They're getting uh, the Mets are getting a great baseball guy. The Mets contacted him in early November. Uh, you know, he, he definitely still wants to coach. He's only, he's 55, 56 years old. He's going to be the infield coach, uh, you know, for the Mets. So, uh, you know, just, uh, really good news and, uh, you know, great, a great, uh, Christmas present for the Sarbaugh family. Well, and he, he, I, don't, I don't know. He's going to be the infield coach for the Mets. I, is he familiar with anybody over there? Maybe playing oh, shortstop yeah. in, in New I York. I forgot uh, about I, that. Yeah. I guess there's. I guess there's somebody who he knows at least a, a familiar <laughs> face on that that roster. And in Francisco Lindor uh, should make things easier for him for sure. Do you know if he'll he'll coach uh, third base again, or is that something that uh, wasn't? Is he just on the staff, or will he be a base coach, or is that yet to be determined? Yeah, he's going to coach third base and be the infield coach. 
Great. So, that's, uh, you know, that's and when fantastic. I think what Lindor won a gold glove and a platinum glove, you know, with Sarbo as, as the infield coach, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's his rookie year. He won the, uh, the platinum glove, the best defender in, uh, the, the American, uh, the American league at the time. Uh, and, and Sarby, uh, you know, leaves Cleveland having coached the, the best defender in the, the American league at second base in Andres Jimenez, uh, this past season. So, uh, should be uh, interesting to see the the reunion there in New York, uh, but also you know hey Carlos Mendoza gets a guy gets a uh, gets some backup in in case there's a bench clearing brawl uh, during the season between the Mets and anybody else. You got a great guy there, guy who's going to run through the uh, run through the uh, the gauntlet for you. Uh, he had to be held back by by half the coaching staff and everybody. Uh, this, this past year when the guardians and the, uh, the, uh, white Sox got into it over the Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez fight. I have never seen Sarby that fired up and that heated. Uh, he wanted a piece of Pedro Grafal and, uh, it should be interesting to see when, uh, when the Mets and the white Sox tangle. Yeah, that was, I just remember Joe, we were sitting in the press box and, you know, Sarby charged into this group of White Sox, and the White Sox were wearing their black jerseys. And you just saw one. Well, I think the the they were wearing the, the Indians were, or the Guardians were wearing their red jerseys, and mm-hmm. and then you know White Sox were in their black jerseys. You saw one red jersey in the in the circle of this this all black circle, and it was Sarby. And I said, God, somebody somebody get him out of there. He's going to get killed. Yeah, and and he got suspended for it too. Yeah, he, he missed he missed games so. You know, that's, it, you know, great. And and that's not that's uh, the reason we bring that up is because it's so out of character for Sarby. He's such uh, a, a laid back, great guy, easy to, to talk to and approachable. And, uh, you know, just one of the best guys to, to be around in that clubhouse. So uh, good for the Mets. Good for Sarby. And, and we'll uh, we, we can't wait to see him when uh, when the Guardians and the, the Mets get together. Uh, the uh, want to make sure you, you uh, know about. Subtext, our subscription texting service. Uh, it's uh, $3.99 a month to get text messages sent directly to your phone uh, from Hoynes, from me, uh, from uh, regarding the winter meetings, regarding trades, acquisitions, uh, signings, all the stuff that's going on over the next week. This is actually probably the most important week to have uh, subtext because the, the, the updates will be coming fast and furious all week. Uh, so join by going to cleveland.com slash subtext uh, or by uh, sending a text message to 216-208-4346. Uh, make, it a, make it a Christmas present for, uh, for your, uh, somebody uh, who, who loves the Guardians in your life and, and will make it worth their while uh, by having them in our subtext community. Uh, Hoinsey, the uh, Guardians announced today, actually right now, currently as we're speaking, the uh, tickets for Guards Fest 2024 are on sale online. It's a, a completely cashless event now at the Huntington Convention Center of Cleveland. Uh, it will begin on January 20th, Saturday, January 20th uh, at 8.30 a.m. with an exclusive uh, season ticket holder event uh, at the um, convention center. Uh, players, coaches, uh, executives, everybody will be there. Uh, lots of lots of interactive events, uh, fun for the the kids. There's baseball diamonds, face painting, speed pitch, uh, autograph sessions, uh, lots of 
uh, interaction on the main stage with uh, talking to players and, and different games that way. Look forward to the event every uh, every winter. Uh, nice way to break things up uh, right after the holidays. Um, what are you looking forward to most about uh, Guards Fest this year? Yeah, I love Guards Fest, Joe. I, I mean, I, you know, I go back to when when it was Tribe Fest, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think they had when they, they did it when they did it in the service level at the ballpark underneath yeah, the uh, yeah. underneath the stands. And they used to do it. One of them was at Cleveland State too, at the you know mm-hmm. the uh, the arena. I'm pretty sure at Cleveland State one year. But yeah, it was it's really it's a great event. It's it kind of sparks your uh, you know your your love for baseball again in the, in the middle of winter. You know you know when the guard fest happens. You know spring training's right around the corner. Pretty soon you know the players are going to Goodyear. You know and, and as reporters we get to catch up with a lot of the report uh, the, a lot of the players and manage you know coaches and managers that we haven't seen all winter it, it's just really fun and there's there's a lot of like uh, events that you like you said joe the kids love it you know the players are you know throwing uh what they're you know wiffle balls to them they're hitting mm-hmm. they're hitting you know they're playing baseball in the middle of the uh, convention center it's cool it's a it's if you're a baseball fan uh if you're a guardians fan you should be there i, I gotta share uh last year i i had my my 13 year old son uh, came to to the event with me and you know I sort of set him free and let him let him roam around and and go through I got him a couple of uh, passes to the the autograph sessions and you know during the summer leading up to uh, the, that whole past season that 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 uh, uh, he had been going to games and every time he'd get a ball or he'd catch a foul ball or, or you know ask for a ball from a player you know he sort of put it in his 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 bag and we, we, we roll into to Guards Fest in January and he's got like, uh, you know, four or five, you know, unsigned baseballs that he picked up at, at different games, whether they were at the minor league games or, or wherever we were over the summer. And and those were the balls that he used to, to go to the autograph sessions and get different players. And and he was super excited and, and uh, to, you know, he, he was sort of trying to, to sneak into different autograph sessions and get different <laughs> players and. Uh, he got a, a couple of, of different baseballs signed by minor league guys and uh, signed by multiple players that he was super excited about. So uh, just a, a, if you're a, an autograph seeker, if you if you want to get a, uh, uh, you know, snap a selfie with a player, uh, they have opportunities for, for things like that. They have different special sessions for gold glove winners where you can you can get their autographs and take pictures with them. Uh, it, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we don't have to sell the event to to guards fans they know how how much fun it is and and the different things you can do there uh but uh you know it's just the fact that we look forward to it as much as we do because of the access uh to the players because those guys will all be there it's it's a rare thing when a guy misses that uh you know because something else maybe is going on i'm i believe shane bieber got married during guards fest last year so there was a pretty good reason for him to, to to have to miss but uh you know as as long as he's on the roster i think he might be there uh uh again this year it's uh they're, they're incentivized i think in their contracts to to uh to make an appearance as well but uh it's uh it's a lot of fun to 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 sort of see them in a in a more relaxed setting uh throughout the uh throughout the day and throughout the afternoon uh i you know for uh, the last uh, few minutes of today's uh, podcast i wanted to to circle back to these uh these winter meetings and and the way things go with this and and uh you know, just the the agenda sort of for uh, the meetings. Uh, the the first thing that really takes place at these these winter meetings is uh, 
the announcement from the, the Hall of Fame on uh, the era committees, uh, they get together and they make their uh, their votes and they, they elect. Uh, it's sort of the, the Veterans Committee sort of thing, the, the ev- evolution of that. Uh, we're going to get one, maybe two uh, new Hall of Famers this year uh, right off the jump on, uh, on Sunday night. Uh, uh, former Cleveland general manager Hank Peters, the, the guy who pretty much, you know, sparked the whole uh, comeback of the of the franchise in the in the 90s. Uh, he uh, he is up for election uh, by this Veterans Committee. Yeah, Hank, uh, really kind of uh, just a, a, a career baseball guy. You know, he put together those great uh, Oriole teams, you know, in, in the 70s and, and late 60s. Uh, was uh, he first run with the with the Guardians or Slash Indians uh, was as their farm director. Then he left. Then he came back uh, at in the late 80s. Uh, uh, Dick. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dick Jacobs hired him, uh, you know, to run the ball club. He convinced Dick Jacobs to uh, really invest heavily in the minor league system. You know, they developed Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, um, you know, guys like that, uh, Albert Bell. Um, and uh, then uh, he brings in John Hart. He brings in Danny O'Dowd from Baltimore. They uh, He engineers the trade for uh, Carlos Baerga and Sandy Alomar. Uh, at the winter meetings and, um, you know, really sets the foundation for the renaissance of the Cleveland Indians in the 1990s. What do you think the chances that Hank Peters gets in on this ballot? I know the uh, the, the committee's ballot is really full of some great uh, some names in, in terms of managers. You've got Cito Gaston, Lou Pinella, who, uh, who barely missed the last time he was eligible. Uh, Jim Leland is on there. Davey Johnson is on there. Uh, I, I think at least one of those, uh, and, and umpire Joe West is uh, is eligible for the first time. Uh, so some big names out there. Uh, Hank Peters might not be, you know, very widely known or outside of, you know, guys who know baseball real well, uh, you know, to, to the common fan. But uh, Hank Peters certainly has, uh, if not more credentials than any of those guys. Uh, it, it, I think it's just going to be really hard for him to get elected this time. Yeah, there's some big name managers on there, Joe, and they probably got, you know, they've got a little, uh, little flashier resumes, uh, you know, and there's, I think there's a 16 man committee of uh, writers and, uh, you know, um, writers, historians and, and Hall of Famers. So we'll see how it goes. And you got to get 75% just like you need, uh, you know, just like the Hall of Fame players on a BBWA ballot. So it's, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough, uh, you know, nut to crack. So, but I, I, you know, Hank certainly deserves it. I'm pulling for him, but, uh, you know, probably he doesn't, he, he doesn't get in this turn and, you know, and he is deceased. You know, I'm, I'm sure his family would love to see this, but, uh, he, 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 they may have to wait, you know, the, the, for the next turn around on this, on the era committee. All right. Uh, Monday and, uh, sometime Monday or Tuesday during the winter meetings, uh, the BBWA uh, Career uh, Excellence Award, formerly the J.G. Taylor Spink Award, uh, will be uh, announced in there. Uh, you'll also get opportunities to talk to the different managers every day uh, on the, you know, in the, the different meeting rooms. So Stephen Vogt uh, will get a chance to, to basically face whatever uh, local reporters are down there, whatever national media uh, want to take another run at him after, uh, you know, the announcement that he's. Uh, the 45th manager in Cleveland history. 
Uh, and then the, the event wraps up on Wednesday with the Rule 5 draft. Uh, that's sort of the uh, the closing ceremony for the, the, the winter meetings. Uh, and, and, you know, we can get into uh, early, early next week, we can get into more detail about, you know, what's at risk or what opportunities there are for Cleveland with the Rule 5 draft. But uh, certainly there's, there's uh, opportunities to remake your, your roster in that. Yeah, the Rule 5 drafts kind of, you know, an under the radar thing, but it it's it's kind of a it's interesting because, you know, always there's always some really good players come out of there and, you know, teams kind of find a gem or two, you know. They they, you know, it, it costs them like 100 grand to draft uh, an unprotected player off a uh off another team's roster and uh you know you you go down the list of rule five drafts starting with uh rule draft rule five draft players starting with hall of famer roberto clemente and uh you are uh you you know you can you can uh you can make a pretty good ball club out of those guys yeah it's got to be a guy a minor leaguer who's eligible who you know you think could could cut it could hack it to to stay on your roster for the entire season uh, otherwise, you have to offer him back to the uh, the club you drafted him from. But uh, you know, the, the Guardians did that when they took Trevor Steffen uh, a couple of years back from the Yankees. He stuck it out and uh, and and made it through the entire season on the roster. Uh, but they also, you know, they lost. If you go back to Anthony Santander, uh, they 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 lost him uh, to the Orioles, and and he's now uh, one of the premier outfielders in in the American League uh, in terms of power bats. Uh, exactly what Cleveland needs. Uh, and, and he's now playing in Baltimore. So we'll see how that shakes out. Just uh, over the over the years, though, there have been, you know, some significant moves for this Cleveland franchise that, that have gone down uh, just in your time covering uh, uh, the team uh, at these winter meetings. Uh, just go back to even the, the, the trade to acquire Julio Franco. Yeah, that was a year before I started, Joe. This was uh, <laughs> when the winter meetings were, uh, quote, unquote, in Hawaii. You know, Oh, so, man. Yeah, so they must have done this deal on the beach. But, uh, you know, that was when uh, uh, the, the Indians sent Von Hayes and four other players to the Phillies for Julio Franco. And, uh, you know, that, and when Julio came – um, he was, uh, in 1983, that was my first year in the beat when they introduced him in Cleveland, you know, he walked in, it, it was freezing cold. He was straight from the Dominican Republic. I don't think he'd ever seen, been that cold in his life, but it was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Von Hayes turned out, you know, was a fine player for the, for the Phillies, but uh, Julio Franco was, uh, you know, he was, he was a eye-opening talent. He was a fun guy to be around. One of the best right-handed hitters I've ever seen, and uh, just uh, just a fun guy to uh, just just to watch him play and develop. And you know, when he retired, Joe, he he if he would have stayed in the big leagues, he would have easily had three thousand hits. But he ended up going to Japan for some reason mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. for a season. Then he, in the, he ended in up the 90s, in the nineties, yeah, yeah. The, the then mid, he ended the up in Mexico yeah. a couple years. Then he comes back. And he's like he's like uh, Bobby Cox loved him. He was like he's 50 years old and he's pinch hitting for the Braves. I, I think he's what 45 or 46, but he's got all sorts of you know the oldest oldest man ever to hit a home run, oldest man to get a pinch hit, grand slam, stuff like that. You know he holds a bunch of records. He might still be playing somewhere. Well, he's he's got one of those Dominican birth certificates, right? So you, you never know what the uh, what the age is uh, on the. Yeah, he could be. 
he could be 50 or he could be 43 or, you know, whatever it, it, it doesn't matter, but he kept himself in, in immaculate shape from, from what I recall is his, his workouts and his, uh, you know, conditioning were always top shelf, uh, for Julio Franco. You, you know, even after that, they, they, the Corey Snyder trade was, was something that went down at, at a winter meetings, uh, uh, as well, right? Yeah, they traded Corey to the White Sox one uh, at a winter meetings. This is had you know Corey had kind of you know fallen into dis- disfavor with the with the Indians. He'd he'd uh, kind of he hit an outfield wall. He hurt his back. He wasn't you know he wasn't uh, you know he he was having problems making contact. And they you know they traded Corey uh, you know which and he was you know he was going to be the uh, franchise savior. Uh, other trades that sort of reshaped the franchise in the '90s. Uh, the Kenny Lofton deal uh, was sort of struck at the the winter meetings. Yeah, we were down in uh, Florida at the Fountain Blue Hotel, <laughs> and uh, you know John Hart pulled one out of his uh, out of his ear here, his back pocket. Uh, you know we're we're sitting there. You know he makes a deal with uh, with uh, uh, Kenny with Houston for Kenny Lofton, and we're sitting there. Well, who's Kenny Lofton? And uh, for I think it was for Eddie Tobinsey and, and Dave Rody. Mm-hmm. Was it, I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, and I remember, you know, the next spring, you know, uh, we're on a backfield in Tucson uh, with uh, Mike Hargrove is hitting uh, BP and I mean, he's hitting uh, fungos and, uh, or we're, no, we're watching BP and uh, Kenny hits a, a slow roller to the shortstop and, and Hargrove tells me, now they tell me that he should be able to beat that ball out. That, that's going to be an infield hit. So, and lo and behold, it was, I mean, yeah. that, that was Several the kind of player of he was, you know, he turned out to be one of the best leadoff hitters in, in the history of the franchise and probably, you know, maybe a borderline hall of famer. Or he should be he's, a borderline hall of famer. He's he's going to get in. I'm telling you now, he's going to get in. He's going to get put in by an era committee who's going to take a longer look at him. Uh, have faith, uh, you know, Cleveland fans. He'll he'll, he'll get a, a longer look than just one year on the ballot for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, you 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 didn't know about Kenny Lofton. What, what they got that that basketball player from Arizona? Is that who they yeah got? right? Yeah, yeah he we're was, sitting- he won a national think, championship with the Wildcats. Come on. Yeah. I so, think Kenny had just played a couple games with Houston. I don't think, you know, he'd been up and down yeah. a couple times. So, yeah, he still had his, his, uh, his rookie uh, status was still intact. And uh, he, he lost the rookie of the year that year, I believe, to, was it Pat Listash? Pat Listash. Yes, yes indeed. Oh, yeah. With, All right. with Miller. Yeah, that was, uh, that was highway so robbery. Other, so other signings, you know, the the, the um they, they signed Kerry Wood, uh they traded Franklin Gutierrez for Luis Valbuena, they signed Josh Bell just recently. You know, that, so there are deals that that can get made, and if not uh, made, then you know the the groundwork gets laid here at the winter meetings. Uh, so it's a it's it's a good reason to to sort of keep your ear to the to the ground and, and sort of pay attention to. Uh, the coverage coming out of Nashville uh, all of this weekend, next week, uh, as as we get ready uh, for this offseason to really sort of heat up, and and Hoynes is going to be down there in the in the thick of it. 
Yeah, Joe. I mean, when your team is doing something, you know, when they are when they are on the hunt, you know, the the, the winter meetings are like the best place to be in the world. I mean, you never stop oh. writing. You don't sleep for like three or four days because <laughs> you're always anxious that they're going to do something. I mean, it, and it can work the other way as well. But you know, the one winter meetings I remember uh, was when they acquired, you know, uh, Sandy Alomar and Carlos Baerga, and and that was a franchise changing trade. You know, they sent Joe Carter, one of their best players, to. San Diego and um, that that trade you know then Kenny Lofton followed then they brought up Albert Bell and you everybody knows the litany after that 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 formed the the foundation of uh the 1990 Indians uh, those those great you know uh, division winning playoff bound Indians well uh hopefully we're, we're looking forward to that do you get a sense that this club this Guardians uh you know uh, front office this this team right now is is poised for uh, any sort of those, uh, you know, franchise altering moves, or is this going to be maybe a winter meetings where they're a little more low key? I think they're going to be low key, Joe. I don't think they're going to be players in the uh, free agent market, unfortunately, and that's you know where they could get some power uh, that they need or you know some offensive help that they need. I think the TV deal, the questions around the TV deal with the uh, Diamond Sports Group and Bally Sports has has kind of put them in neutral as far as what they can and can't spend. I I I I don't think I think they will try to make some deals, but trades are hard to make now, Joe. So, you know, right. I, I I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but I'm sure they'll be kicking the tires on a lot of a lot of guys, uh but I think it's going to be kind of a, you know, a low a low key uh, winter meetings. All right. Well, uh give us uh the the lowdown uh, all week long. Uh, Hoinsey will be uh hopefully uh, hopefully you get a chance to go out and hear some live music in Nashville. I I hear there's uh, a lot of great uh, places to see a band down there uh, and and enjoy yourself as well. Uh, Hoinsey, we will check back in with you on Monday uh, from Nashville at the Winter Meetings. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.